Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, darlings all. Welcome to this Monkey Kingdom and Acast production of Tom Reed Wilson Has Words With. My fellow word charterer today is as keen on all things lexical as I am on rose and violet creams, and that's keen. I promise that wasn't an egregiously stonking hint, by the way. I actually need to lay off them, but I digress. She is the comic luminary, Desiree Birch. Desiree's comedy is utterly singular. She, in her words, oscillates between high and low brow and is prepared to tackle pretty well anything, always bearing comedic fruit. Which brings me to the surprising etymology of high and low brow. They come from phrenology, the 19th century science of regarding the shape of the skull as a key to intelligence. A high forehead meant intelligence, a low one meant stupidity, presumably in direct correlation to the size of the brain it housed. Writing my ode to Desiree has been a great source of pleasure this week, largely thanks to the rich pageant of her offerings. Here it comes. My chum, who flanks me, albeit by link, is funny because she is true. Her candor is brave and her candor is bold and sometimes deliciously blue. She isn't averse to spectator control, a latter-day Carol Burnett, so that her shows don't just feel like an act, but more like a comic duet. From soaring at Yale to the Edinburgh Fringe, she's dazzling and every endeavor shows that her funny is special not least because it's unabashed bashedly clever. With all that in mind, I actually long to dismount my poetic perch and herald the coming of my darling friend, incomparable Desiree Birch. Oh my goodness, that was stunning. I love that. I want that played at my funeral and maybe the wedding as well. That was so great. Thank you so much, Tom. You're such a dear heart brilliant human being. I'm so happy to be on your podcast. <laughs> well, it was my very, very great pleasure. And it was wonderfully easy because of that rich pageant, as I say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know that 
this is very word centric, this podcast. And we often start with the word that I guess is most centric of all, the name. Mm, yes. Birch is terribly pretty because it's from the Anglo-Saxon birch tree. It's a beautiful tree. It's a very beautiful tree. It's got tree. so many eyes on it, which I adore. <laughs> <laughs> the forest is watching back. <laughs> the retinas are upon it constantly, like mm -hmm. they are now on you these days. Deftly segued. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> but that that Anglo-Saxon surname is sort of apropos because recently you've been delving into your genealogy and yes. you've discovered the Arnold branch on your maternal grandmother's side. Now, I've been doing a little bit of research and mm -hmm. the Arnolds are dazzling. This is a bit like, who do you think you are now? But the Arnolds- I know, this is so exciting. You're going to tell me things that I haven't even discovered yet. This is so <laughs> great. <laughs> well, <laughs> so if, great. if you Google them in Dover, because mm -hmm. they're from Dover, yes. aren't they? Um, yes, yes. I well, recently met some family members I did not know who have told me about a whole arm of my uh, family tree that I didn't know about. And the Arnolds, I believe, uh, came over from Dover. Over from Dover. Yes. And they were, <laughs> they were a terribly esteemed, revered family. There's a beautiful portrait of um, Richard and Elizabeth Arnold that you can actually see on Google and they're both staggeringly delicious and um, Ooh, uh, <laughs> and Richard was a port pilot and Elizabeth okay. did a lot of work in the community and there's a great stonking road that runs through the middle of Dover called Arnold Road which is named after them so it, no yeah so it does feel rather <laughs> serendipitous that you came to the UK absolutely well I mean you never know until later what the the reason is, what the meaning is to anything. I mean, it's up to us to ascribe narrative to everything that we experience. But um, yeah, I didn't, you know, I came on a whim. It seemed right. It worked out well. And then suddenly to know that like, no, 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 that's this is also in part the motherland <laughs> to a certain extent <laughs> is um, at least the the part of the family tree that I can trace furthest back. Right. Because yes. there's a whole other arm that kind of dissipates around the Civil War. <laughs> yes. For all the obvious reasons. Yes, yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. They all become a little bit nebulous there, which is, yeah. which is yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but this is beautiful. I didn't even, I never even Google myself. So the fact that you've been able to Google ancestors that I only recently discovered is, I'm going to get off of this once we're done and go and have a look at them because I didn't even, it didn't cross my mind to do that. <laughs> You've got to see the portraits, darling. You must see the portraits. They're wonderful. And oh, she has these you. sort of very fine bones and these sort of coruscating eyes. It, it's just mm. lovely. Now, my darling, you are so, so beautiful and wise. Could you please define coruscating to me? Because I have never heard that word in my life until this moment. Coruscating is sparkling. <gasps> you can use it apropos a lake or a river or indeed somebody's lovely iris. Eyes. Thank mm. you so much. Um, <laughs> word of the day. Word <laughs> I'll work it into my day. set. <laughs> <laughs> and Speaking of words, I really want to talk about the words that surround comedy because you are one of our leading comic lights. Oh, thank and you. What's so funny to me, coming from the theatre, 
is mm -hmm. how much more macabre the language yes. of comedy is. I mean, if you do badly in the theater, it's a flop. In comedy, yeah. you die. Yes, you die, you bomb. It's all the you language bomb. of war, you know? <laughs> Bombing is in fact your favorite, right? Yeah, I prefer bombing because it's not death. <laughs> Sorry to oversimplify it. I mean, I don't love, you know, uh, like, you know, people say, oh, they killed, they slayed, which is they like slayed. even more medieval. Um, and, you know, it's just like, ah, I really did well. <laughs> uh, but there is a, quite an adversarial nature to it, especially when you are starting out, I think. I mean, you know, you never know what you're walking into. So in that way, there is a bit of a battle going on because yes. you walk into an arena and depending on what the, you know, there is that sort of, um, you know, Greek uh, or Roman Colosseum feel yes. to what's going on. And it's kind of like they want you to do well or they want you to do horribly so they can devour you. And yeah. <laughs> there the comedic gladiator. Yes. And everything in between is just like, meh. So I understand <laughs> why the stakes are raised, elevated to that level. Yes. But it's kind of similar to how, um, you know, it's been remarked before about how men, especially young men, talk about sex, you know, with women where it's like, oh, yeah, smashed it. I tore it up. Yes. And you're like, Could you just be nice to it? Like <laughs> well, funnily enough, fuck. Uh, yes. comes comes from hitting because uh, oh kestrels, it sounds like it yeah uh, kestrels uh, in the old really? days were, were wind fuckers because they would beat <laughs> the wind <laughs> as they flew <laughs> wind and, fuckers and i think it's it's rather sad that all the words that have kind of meant bashing up against something have come to mean sex you know banging and slamming yes. and yeah it's it's not at all <laughs> like lovemaking no it's not except for that part where it is <laughs> <laughs> i mean there you know there is a part of lovemaking that is the making of love and that is an exchange and a creation of this sort of aura this sort of bubble around you of love but there yeah. does come a point at which you're like no, seriously, fuck me. <laughs> and, and you know, there, yes, it is like a wind fucker. Exactly what you said. I, like that like, Kestrel's yes. wings. Just yes. get on with it yes. and fly. <laughs> Although I would never probably say, you know, like, you know, like the Kestrel's wings because the guy would stop and go, huh? <laughs> and there you've lost the rhythm. But I want to wind back the clock on your story and oh, yeah. get regional with Desiree Birch. <laughs> Regional, okay. <laughs> you were born in the curiously named Diamond Barn. How did that yes. get its name? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So Diamond Bar uh, was originally the Diamond Bar Ranch it would be something that would have been branded into a cow or any other animal. Oh. Like it's a diamond with like literally just a bar right horizontally through the middle of it. And it didn't actually even become incorporated as a city um, until I can't remember. It was like the late 80s. I want to say 1988, 89, something like wow. that. Wow. So very young. Yes. Very, very young city. Diamond Bar was basically the sticks. You know, my parents left kind of like south central you know and they bought yes. a house out where there was nothing which is where you can afford to buy a house they're like oh i'm on here um yeah. and they bought that uh they moved there when i was about six months old which means about 42 years ago <laughs> um and God. you know got this house and it's since been built up around it to be like quite wealthy like quite moneyed and somewhat conservative which like i guess nobody expects that but ultimately if there's a place to be built into into california people will find a way to build into it yes there were a handful of shops and they yes. were liable to inherit birchisms <laughs> yes <laughs> the krakorian <laughs> curiously associated with dr Dave. yes well so the Dr. Death stories were very prominent, I want to say, in the 90s when the Krikorian yes. Theater, everybody, at least in my family, referred to it as the Kevorkian Theater. <laughs> <laughs> because of that very, very macabre doctor. Yes. Who uh, who was, I mean, he was incarcerated in 99, I think, wasn't he? For, for... I, yes, he was. And, you know, at the time, you're just kind of like, I mean... He's just injecting people with death. But as you get older, you kind of go, oh, that's probably a kindness to anybody who is looking to medically die because they are su suffering from something terminal, but still not dying from yeah, it. Yeah, he kind of just was a, an early proponent of euthanasia, wasn't he? But he just yes. slightly took it into his own hands. Hands a bit. Yeah. If he, had he been in like Scandinavia or something, this probably would have been just like, OK, you know, yeah. He's helping everyone He out. wouldn't have had cinemas named after him. Yeah. No. 
<laughs> would only show horror films and like true crime dramas. It'd be great. Honestly, that would be so cool now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't the only one that inherited a birchism. There was also the Hello Kitty store. Yes. Well, it was the Sanrio store because um, the the sort of demographic of Diamond Bar was, you know, sort of majority white. It was, but now it is now majority uh, East Asian. So uh, Chinese, yes. Korean, yes. some Japanese. But even at that time, that was sort of the the I would say the more dominant uh, minority in quotation marks. So there were a lot yeah. of, um, you know, there were a lot of like, you know, like Kumon schools and um, a lot yes. of just sort of Asian oriented businesses. And there was a Sanrio store, which, of course, was just the Hello Kitty store because Hello Kitty was the most popular <laughs> sort of character brand from the sort of Sanrio uh, family, which included um, a Runo Peckle and uh, that's the only other one I can remember. There was like a frog, yeah. a little cute frog and a, like a, a penguin or a duck, but whatever. There was definitely Hello Kitty. And there was nothing more joyful than like spending any little money you had on like a pencil box where something cute popped up. Like it was very ergonomically designed. And like yes. all you wanted to do was waste your parents' money on cute products with a little cat face on them. Um, <laughs> or at least that's all I wanted to do. So it was all about like, can I get any money together and go with my friends to the Hello Kitty store and get some Hello Kitty? It was impossibly cute. And also really? galvanizing when you had that stationery. Yes. Made you like, a little bit more diligent. Of course. You know, when you like, you're like, let me perfectly sharpen this little pencil with her face <laughs> on it. You know, let me use the stationery and let me print nice things. Maybe a love letter or just like a really nice note to my friend, you know, and then oh, I'll fold Desiree. it into origami instead of just like folding it up. I'll fold it into a little, you know, like paper fortune Swan. teller or something cute. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. It'll train. Yes. You know, so it just, you know, a special stationery makes you kind of go, oh, okay, this is important. Let me be mindful about what I do here. Yes, yes. <laughs> a and little bit of meditation. <laughs> you too, at this, at this juncture, weren't immune to nicknames yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about In Desiree Birchley. Yes. So, okay. This is so funny. I have rarely had any other kind of nickname. I um, basically, my name's Desiree. After somebody meets me, they go, they just immediately call me Des. Uh, I mean, my mom does it. Everybody in my family does it. I'm just Des, right? Which is great. I guess Unless like it's a me and I sing Send the Clowns into you. <laughs> yes, and which is gorgeous. It is such a like, it's such a beautiful pleasure to have someone really uh, not only like say the full, like emit the full elegance of your name, but like really live in it. And it's wonderful. So thank you for that. But um, everybody else is just, hey, Des. Um, so I had this, I, I don't even remember where I got this cup, but like I had this reusable cup um, for like whatever, water, beverages, whatever I was doing at the time. Ooh, I mean, an early I was... greenie like me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was just like, why don't I just put it in this thing? Because it comes with its own straw. And then I can look like, you know, <laughs> all of those California chicks who like just slurp things through the big straw and like look like doe-eyed. Um, yes. So it was called the insulator. It must have come like, it must have been from my dad or my brother. Like it probably came from a, a 7-Eleven or an AMPM or one of those sort of like corner gas station shops. It was called the insulator insulator because it would keep your drinks warm or cold um and i put my name on it right i put my name on a piece of masking mm -hmm. tape over that part to try to cover it but it didn't cover all of it so the <laughs> way it read was the ins desiree birchelator 
And so that's how my group of friends in middle school would just refer to me. They're like, oh, or like when I pull out the cup, they're like, it's the Insdesiree Birchwater. Like, what the heck is that? Like, that's like the doofiest nickname to get in the world. But I was at least for a year until I lost the cup. I was the Desiree Birchelator. So I think that might be the only nickname or one of the only nicknames I've ever had. Well, Desiree Birchelator, would you mind? <laughs> <laughs> would you mind? It's going to be so weird when a fan of this podcast calls me that on the street and I'm going to be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, they need applauding for that, don't they? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's true. Yes. What a polysyllable. Um, <laughs> Well, let's do a little quickfire translation. Let's start with ditching. Ditching, yes. Um, so ditching is uh, what you do when you uh, get out of school. So I believe here it's referred to as bunking off. Yes, or okay. skiving, or if you're very uh -huh. posh, playing truant. Uh <laughs> <laughs> just literally saying exactly what you're doing but yeah yes. in the states you ditch school you you know you just like um yeah so it, it, ditching would be either you're ditching school which means for us in high school you would like meet your friends over at the denny's across the street you know somehow to like yeah. get out of school um or if you um if you were playing uh little childhood games where you run up to and ring the doorbell and run away before they answer it that's called ding dong ditch um ding so, dong ditch so, we yeah. call it knock knock ginger i think good <laughs> one is why what's the ginger I, for well maybe you do it gingerly I, oh. I have i have no idea actually oh, okay again gotcha. slide into the comment section please do uh what about the irish exit oh okay so i have learned here in the uk this is called the french exit and in america we call it the irish goodbye and the irish oh, goodbye the irish is goodbye. um like I guess it's ditching, but uh, when you're uh, at a public, like a, at a party, when you're around other people and, you know, you don't, uh, goodbyes go on for so long and someone's going to yes. be like, no, but have one more drink. And you're like, but I want to catch my train and go home now. Yes. And the best way to do that is an Irish goodbye, which just means disappear. <laughs> yeah. And they're all their sheets to the wind by then yes. anyway. And they don't yes. remember this goodbye that takes about 45 minutes exactly. and makes you miss your train. No. Yeah. And they're like, but oh, you know but I love you. And we never hang out. We should totally do it. And you're like, yeah, we totally should. But you both know that you're not actually going to make plans <laughs> to do the thing. So let's not do this like lovely farce that we do every time. I love no. you. I mean it. I have to go. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> I have to say, I think that the Irishness or the Frenchness of it is kind of a misnomer because in France, they call it filet à l'anglaise. So really? it's, it's oh the goodness. English, <laughs> the, the English dash. I think it's one of these things as we became global, we just blamed other nations for things that were actually just human traits, you know, just yes. either very sensible or just um, peculiar to the human condition and not a particular nation at all. But also we're blaming the other, like I, I understand yes, yes. the English and the French using the other as like, oh, they're the ones who just yeah. run without saying goodbye because, you know, they're terrible. It's like a maladie anglaise. Which is, what is what is the English sickness? Well, when Oscar Wilde um, was uh, incarcerated in 1895, yeah. all these gay men fled 
across the channel to Paris where it was legal and had been since the uh, French Revolution. And uh, what a crossing that must have been to find. Yeah, but anyway, they arrived in Paris and because they were suddenly everywhere, all these gay men, they um, called gayness the Malady Anglais. Yeah, but, wow. but actually they were heading there because it was safe. It's safe. Know, it was, and there were just people being gay in France all over the place. Like, well, of yes. course. Why yes. wouldn't we be? Since 1792, yes. <laughs> yes, so they have the English sickness. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to make a sharp left turn here okay. into the dungeon. Oh, yes, of course, of course. It's definitely got a lexicon of its yes. own. The dungeon is where I used to work because uh, in the U.S. you are allowed to group together if you are, um, uh, well, I don't know all sex workers, but definitely uh, anybody who's in sort of kink fetish dominatrix, you're allowed yes. to have a dungeon. So it's not considered like a brothel, like any sort of women working collectively here and any kind of sex work is considered a brothel and is legal. So I guess uh, it seems like all doms have to work independently, you know, on their own. But yes, I worked in a dungeon, which was really just a floor of an office building. But, you know, <laughs> they set dressed it fairly well to make it look menacing. You know, you got a St. Andrew's cross up there somewhere and, you know, an interrogation chair, you know, a medical room. You get the point, right? You know, what's fascinating about dungeon etymologically is that it comes from the Latin, funnily enough, dominus meaning master and that wow. kind of links dungeon to dominatrix which has yeah. the same root but also to master and mistress which is also a feature right mm -hmm. yes everyone who uh, I saw as a client had to refer to me as mistress as they did what I told them to do. <laughs> and if they didn't, they would get an extra punishment, which many of them enjoyed and invited. Um, so there's a, oftentimes a lot of playing up just so that you can get more punishment if that is exactly what you're searching for as a submissive. Um, so yes, or you know, if you're playing with um, another, uh, if you're playing with a, a male partner and he's in the dominant role, then suddenly you're calling yes. him Master and you're like, this is not a position I saw myself in as a young black woman, but you know, fun's fun. <laughs> Gonna go ahead and call him master and see how that works out. <laughs> what about CBT? <laughs> so um, because of the preponderance of cognitive behavioral therapy as a primary source of therapy in this country, I do have to yes. uh, make a distinction that in the fetish world, CBT yes. stands for cock and ball torture. Um, it is fractionally uh, different. Yes. <laughs> Although sometimes uh, evoking similar results and <laughs> um, a sort of peace, tranquility, release may um, uh, come in that. So, uh, yeah, that's that was one of the things that certain gentlemen would come in and ask for, whether it was light or heavy CBT. Yeah. Uh, that means doing stuff to his junk, uh, being much, uh, much less delicate than you generally would with uh, just sort of a partner in the regular world. You know, I mean, I, the imagination runs wild, but um, uh, sometimes involving what I would call closed pins, but you would call closed pegs. Um, oh, or, uh, yes. Yep, just pinching along there, um, sometimes rope, tying it up, um, you know, 
scratching it, slapping it, <laughs> stepping on it uh, for some, which I, I was very shocked. But then they say more and you're like, OK. And then Gosh. you start to think about the actual human uh, <laughs> body and what yes. it might be able to endure. What it can, yes, place. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm, I, I would be hopeless in that world as a submissive, maybe not as a, a dominatrix, but I just don't. I've never had that pain-pleasure correlation in my head to the extent that I can't even make love on an island or a sideboard because I need <laughs> something. I, you know, the thought of a corner a, yes. digging oh, into well, me or something. You know, I, I really like something cushioned between me and my fleshy bits. I always yes. have. I mean, Let why alone not wallet, take care of you know? yourself? <laughs> yes, <laughs> a corner like just the edge of that, and it's cold. And also, yes, it is to me, cold. It's always cold. It's very cold, and almost to me worse maybe than the corner. Although I mean, you can debate, is the flesh that sticks to the surface that then gets peeled off? Do yes. you know when it gets like, and then you peel it? You're like, ouch! Yes, <laughs> yes, because you do get somewhat dewy. You yes, know, in the process. Yes. That bit. <laughs> uh, uh, moving swiftly on. <laughs> One more acronym here. Mm-hmm. TENS. The acronym is Transcutaneous Electrical Nerve Stimulation. And transcutaneous, etymologically, mm-hmm. is just across the skin because cutis is the Latin root yeah. meaning skin, which of course gives us cuticle, which is that mm-hmm. little bit that kisses the nail, the bit of skin that kisses the oh, nail. Oh, that you made it sound so delicate. That little bit that like grows over it and then peels up <laughs> and gets all dry and squidgy. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yes. So um yes, so a tens unit would be something that we would have in our dungeon. And that is for mm. a bit of electrical play. Um so this is oh. literally running a current through someone's skin and it's a light current, but you know it's not going to um <laughs> It's not going to defibrillate them or like, you know, uh, you know, you're not turning it up that high, uh, but it is going to cause uh, a shock and a spark. And I would like to relate it to, but I don't know that a British person has had this particular experience because you have a 240 volt current that would kill a person. Whereas in the States, we have a 120 volt current, which when we were kids, we'd stick a fork in the socket and get a jolt. (laughs) And be like, that was weird, but fun. Let's do it again. (laughs) Which is terrible and I don't recommend it. No one should do that. But it was like (laughs) an electric. If you stuck metal into that thing, it wouldn't necessarily kill you immediately. Whereas here, I I think it's going to do that. So it is that it is... um, uh, a, a similar thing happened when I was doing the Netflix show Flinch because we had cattle yes. prods that we used and they were electric cattle prods. And obviously they were uh, only set to a level that would, you know, shock in the skin, but not like, you know, render someone like tase somebody and render them unconscious. So, yes. um, but it's, it is essentially an utter shock that you will get at some part of your body and is, is exquisitely painful to use, you know, but pleasurable to use on someone's like, toes or fingertips especially if they have if they if they're blindfolded and can't see right and they're just in this heightened electric state of anticipation and suddenly their left big toe has a shock and there's like "Ah!" you know but that totally and not knowing where it's coming yeah yeah it's a fun time (laughs) Uh, now that i can that i can empathize with i can see the appeal of that 
Yeah, yeah. So that it didn't happen necessarily as often, but when I got that was that was an enjoyable little thing. And I was like, hmm, I need somebody. Anybody want to use this on me? I mean, it was funny <laughs> because you know, a lot of times you're in the dungeon and so you're shown things by other doms who are like, okay, yes. you know, like you might practice flogging on something, but somebody also might be like, go ahead and flog me or paddle me or whatever. So you might experience a certain amount of this. So like, yeah, the tens, you know, I was like, yeah, try it. And I was like, oh, oh, I get it. Like, you know, someone touches yes. it to your skin and you immediately go, oh, I get this one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Whips, maybe not as much. This one, mm -hmm. got it. <laughs> oh, darling, I love you so much. And thank you, so you much. for coming and getting lexical. Uh, and it has been an absolute joy. Thank you so much. You've completely turned my day around. This has been so oh! utterly delightful. Thank you. Oh, Desiree Bertolita. <laughs> Your listeners are really lucky people. Oh, darling. Oh, shucks. They get to spend time with you on a regular basis. That is just absolutely <laughs> divine. Stop it, because I will get leaky, which oh. I'm, very, I'm very apt to do. I'm like John Gilgood. My bladder's far too close to my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you've taught me so many firsts today. That's a beautiful one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Today's bonus word is malapropism. Malapropism is an unintentional sound alike for the word you intend to say. It comes from mal a propos. I love that because it's a contraction of a whole French phrase meaning ill to fitting. However, with Desiree gone, it is apropos that I leave you now. For more comic luminaries, you will find Joe Domit, Rob Beckett, Dawn French, and many more in the archives. This has been a Monkey Kingdom and Acast production. Until next time, oodles of love. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.